Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. It is a glorious day for some. For others, it's not the best day. Bro, I've never seen Travis Kelsey more open in my life. Look at that. Look at the TV real quick. And he doesn't throw to him. Hello. This is the Brodo Fantasy Football <laughs> Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop. Of course, I'm Michael here. This is the Monday Review Pod. A, a big-time review pod today because it's a beautiful day for for some. But for Derrick Henry, definitely not a beautiful day. For managers of Derrick Henry, not a beautiful day. And there's a few guys this week that it wasn't a beautiful day for. So, man, we have a lot to get to. But before we do... We want to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasies for supporting the show. You mean the world to us. You allow us to do what we do. You literally keep this engine running. If you want to become a patron, support the show, and get a bunch of extras, like an extra waiver wire pod, the most important pod that we put out, in my opinion, um, playing leagues with us, the DFS optimizer, uh, new feature coming to Patreon soon. We're giving out bets by... A guy who's had a uh, pretty stellar reputation, um, a little bit behind the scenes of what's coming next. We're we're cooking up stuff here at the Broto Always Fantasy. Cooking. Always cooking here at the Broto Fantasy Football Podcast. Always looking to expand. And one of the things we've expanded into is the app world. The Fantasy Football by Broto app. If you do not already know or have it, you are missing out. It has everything you need to dominate fantasy football. Fantasy player cards. The start-sit tool, which has player rankings, pod, uh, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and advanced stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, um, true air yards, adjusted air yards, excuse me. And on top of all that, our newest stat uh Points above average, or points over average, excuse me, points over go. average, defensive points over average, which tells you not just how many more points a team scores um, in terms of fantasy points, but exactly who the players are that they scored against. They weigh them against those guys, not the whole league, just the players they played against. So if someone gives up 15 points to Travis Kelsey, they should know that that's not really out of the realm of possibilities for Travis Kelsey. That doesn't mean that Dan Arnold is going to expose them. This is what that stat tells you. And you can only find it at the Fantasy Football by Broto app. Please download it now. It is absolutely free. And thank you to the patrons for supporting us and making this run because you're the reason why it's free. With that being said, Michael, I didn't even check in with you, man. It was good. By the way, we, as you know, I should check in and let everyone know, we watch the Monday Night Football game as we're doing this now because that's just how the schedule has to work out. And uh, so you're going to hear us like Michael did in the immediate uh, opening. Um, you're going to hear us talk about uh, the game as it's going on, little, a little live reactions. Um, as Also, I beat Jason in fantasy today. Suck it, Jason. Um, Jason, is, Jason was talking shit on the podcast about how he was going to destroy my team this week, and I wiped the floor with his candy ass. And now... His candy ass. Now I have... Devontae Booker and Harrison Butker, Harrison Butker, I have them going against Michael's Patrick Mahomes, and I got a nine-point lead. Well, Mahomes just threw a touchdown. so He did just throw a touchdown. But depending on how that goes, 
I have the opportunity to beat Michael and Jason in the same week. This is a very special time for me. Not, a, not often do I get this opportunity. Dun, dun, dun. You're not going to beat me, though, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll see about that. Michael, I will say, um, it's always nice to hear from Donnie H. But but today, I don't know, Donnie H feels a little... I don't, I don't want to hear from Donnie H. He's bringing bad news. I always want to hear from Donnie H. Uh, all right. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. I mean, the biggest news, this is probably the biggest injury in terms of, and I might be a little hyperbolic right here, but this is probably the biggest injury in fantasy football history. Jeez Louise, you're mad annoying. Yeah, a week eight injury is the worst in fantasy football history. We saw like Le'Veon Bell be the first uh, overall pick and then be out the year before the season even started. uh, Let me rephrase. The most game-changing. The most game changing. I mean, you're not going to convince me of any of this, dude. This guy was this guy is the number one point scorer in the league above the quarterbacks. That you don't see that. That's not a thing. Derrick Henry's on a no, was think, on an island of his own. I think so far. Tom Brady and Josh Allen passed him this week because he kind of slacked for the last couple of weeks in a row. All right, fine. Tom Brady and so. Josh Allen, the the top two quarterbacks, passed him just this week. That's a gets a game changer, bro. He got hurt. Well, this obviously, week. I mean, Derrick Henry teams are. Very, very upset right now. They were, a lot of them were absolutely balling behind Derrick Henry. I mean, I know he has a very high first place um, rate currently in like FFPC tournaments and best ball leagues. He's up there and basically across all best ball leagues, FFPC, underdog and all that. Flip on its head. Yeah, everything's going to get flipped on their heads. And it's not even like, like the people who were like, oh, let me handcuff Derrick Henry with Darrington Evans. He's on IR now. Yep. And Jeremy McNichols is a... Third down back. Yeah, he's it's 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 rough. So now sure. they're gonna. So now it's gonna be Adrian Peterson, who had just signed. Yeah, it seems that way. And I just to be uh, clear, because we didn't mention it, Derrick Henry getting surgery on his fifth meta metatarsal. I think it's called. I think you how you do it, uh, fifth metatarsal. <laughs> how um, you do it? But I have my friend, our friend Louis. He broke that bone. And he was like, man, this sucks. I'm going to be out for like six months. We're like, bro, what are you talking about? You just fractured your toe. Like, relax. You'll be fine in six weeks. He's like, no, I'm telling you, this is a special spot in the foot. And the blood doesn't go there, so it doesn't heal. And when you break this, you're fucked. And we're like, yeah, whatever. Like, you're you're a wuss. Aha. Like, making fun of him. Yo, six months later, this guy still, still couldn't run. And then... He he finally thought it was healed, and he stepped on like a a ball bearing on the street, and hurt it again. He was out for another six months. This is not this this bone is not a joke. Yeah, that sucks. Getting surgery, expected to possibly be back for the playoffs if the Tennessee Titans make it there. Adrian Peterson will obviously be on the waiver show tomorrow. Yeah. Um. So we'll talk about him then, but. Man, what 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 would you like to see the Titans do? Like in an ideal world, what would the Titans do? In an ideal world, Michael, you, that that was passing just, more. Michael, mm-hmm. by the way, we're we're together for the first time. Michael just was about to yawn when I asked that question, and like caught it mid yawn and like <laughs> swallowed it. That was like mad impressive. I don't know how that how that honestly I don't know how that happened, but I did it. <laughs> 
he did. He like stopped it mid yawn. Like that was like that was ridiculously impressive, Michael. No, but yeah, um, <laughs> pass more. Let the true value king cook. If they think Adrian Peterson is going to be anything like Derrick Henry, they're bugging out. Maybe use Jeremy McNichols more. But, I mean, I think it's a... I, I meant like a trade scenario. Oh, a trade scenario? I, I don't know, man. People are making up all these trade scenarios for guys like Marlon Mack, who sucks and is in the division, in which the isn't going to happen. No shot. Honestly, I think Melvin Gordon makes a lot of sense if the two teams could work something out. Yeah, that I could see. Because the Denver Broncos just traded Von Miller. But the Denver Broncos are also winning football games and are still trying to make a playoff push. Uh, after that, after last week, after seeing Teddy Bridgewater play, after seeing Teddy Bridgewater for... Teddy Bridgewater always throws this two-game mirage at people, the first two games where he has decent games, and then sucks for the rest of the year. And people are like, oh, Teddy Bridgewater is good. But, <laughs> like, after seeing that and knowing that your only wins are against, like, the Giants and the Jets and some and the Jaguars, I think, you traded Von Miller... I think you're looking to trade. And you got Javante Williams. You got to let this guy loose eventually. I mean, I do think that would make sense because Melgo has shown that he uh, he's still a solid running back as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think that would make a lot of sense. I, I, I have in so many leagues, I have Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. If Melvin Gordon got traded to the to the, to the Titans, that would be that, fantasy that gold That would right be there. nice. That would be fantasy both gold. Both of them. <laughs> they both get upgrades right away. Huge upgrades. Um, Well, maybe, yeah, maybe not huge, but. Pretty big upgrades. upgrades nonetheless. Um, speaking about upgraded, James Robinson. He avoids serious injury. That's good news. Um, but he's still questionable for next week. So that's the bad news. Yeah. It's at least it's not what they like. They thought it was going to be like a multi week absence type of injury. So at least it's not that. Even though the Jaguars are, they're a disgusting team right now. You know, a weird situation. I remember in the London game, it was like Calvin Ridley's not coming for personal reasons. Everyone's like, "Oh, what could it be? What could it be?" Like eventually, something will come out. Nothing ever came out. Plays, and then again he misses, and it's like, "Oh, oh, what is going on?" And then he and then he you know releases the statement on on Instagram. So, I mean, on Twitter, it's just like, man, I feel for the dude. I really do. Um, but at the same time, we got to talk about it fantasy-wise. How do you recover from this? Yeah. The Falcons didn't seem to handle it well on the field because their offense was atrocious this past week. I Listen, I tweeted the other day, and I, I meant every word of it. Did the Falcons really break out, or did they just play the Jets and Dolphins? Yeah. It seemed that way this past week because they were a joke of an offense. And look, like you're not going to trust Russell Gage. You're not going to trust Zacchaeus. Kyle Pitts is probably only the weekly starter in that passing offense. And Cordero Patterson, who's been a big weapon the entire year and had another nice game. But even like Mike Davis mixed in again, basically like split work in that backfield with Patterson. It's just not a, not good because, I mean, Calvin Ridley even, look, yeah, like you said, I hope he gets us all sorted out and he gets better and all that. Like this sucks for him. He clearly is in a bad spot if he's just leaving football. Especially where he's at in his career. Like he's his fourth year. Yeah. You know, like superstar type level two he was reaching. But yeah, sucks for his fantasy managers because it wasn't an ideal start to the season either production wise. And now that he's just he's awesome. just straight up out. It's it's rough. It, yeah, I, I think the biggest upgrade from this situation is Cordell Patterson. I think that you're going to see a lot of teams put their 
best player on Kyle Pitts. You saw that with Carolina. Car- Carolina was guarding Kyle Pitts with Stephon Gilmore. So you saw that happen already. I think that's what you're going to see because Kyle Pitts is like that ridiculous athlete. So like the Jalen Ramseys of the world are going to be on him. And I think that that'll open up the field for for Patterson even more. He'll probably line up at wide receiver even more than he already has. So, I mean, there's no reason to doubt that he can keep up the the efficiency, the production. Mm-hmm. So with an upgrade in attempts is going to come an upgrade in production, in my opinion. Uh, for Kyle Pitts, yeah, I mean, this does make him a little more attractive. But at the same time, I do think he's now the guy. So let's see how he handles that because he couldn't handle that against Carolina. Uh, Carolina had a very good game plan for him, and they kind of game planned them out of the, out of that. Yeah, so I mean, it's it was definitely a rough game, and in, in that regard, for in, in all regards for the Atlanta offense, and especially Pitts, who really shit the bed. Um, one more, one more really big piece of news: Jameis Winston torn ACL. Sucks for famous Jameis. Sucks for him, man. Uh, it, at the end of the the. The game, you saw Mike McCarthy and and Mike McCarthy. What am I talking about? Bruce Arians and Sean Payton uh, embracing in the middle of the field, and you see Bruce Arians goes goes how's Jameis, and and uh, which is which is pretty cool. And then Sean Payton kind of tells him, and then you see Bruce Arians' face go, ah, oh, fuck. You know yeah. what I mean? Like so, right away you knew from the bat that that wasn't that wasn't a good situation, and then. It's official, torn ACL. This turns the Saints on their head. Um, We've seen the Saints with Taysom Hill. If Trevor Simeon is the quarterback, you're going to call me crazy. I don't think it's that much of a downgrade from Jameis Winston from the way he's been playing. Um, but like the the like you said, the way he's been playing, the, the New Orleans offense, Jameis Winston has had a solid season overall, but based on what he's been asked to do, which is – Probably less than any other quarterback in the league. They run the ball a ton. They use Alvin Kamara and company in the passing game as well. Short throws. Like, there's no Saints wide receiver that you were using in fantasy anyways. Marcus Callaway just had another bad game. Like, Traquan Smith is unreliable. Deontay Harris is unreliable. Adam Troutman is a nobody for fantasy reasons. So it's not like you were using anyone in this offense anyways, except for Alvin Kamara. Maybe if Taysom Hill takes over, that changes a bit. But Taysom Hill's been dealing with a concussion for several weeks now, which is never a good sign if it's lingering that long. Yeah. So I mean, I don't, I don't disagree that it. I don't think it would be that much different either. But I do think it certainly is a downgrade. It's. I think Taysom Hill is extremely interesting. I, I don't necessarily see Taysom Hill if Taysom Hill can get back. And the one thing that's standing in Taysom Hill's way is, like you said, like it's a lingering concussion. <laughs> They're expecting him back to practice on Wednesday, but it's a lingering concussion. So there is always that that fear. But I think that he's a game changer, man. I think that we saw what he did last week. His his first game would be against Atlanta. He lit up Atlanta twice last year. Um, I think it would be a game changer, um, him being on your wire. So Christian McCaffrey. Matt Rule has a way with words where you never under never truly understand what he's saying. Uh head coach Matt Rule said if Christian McCaffrey can't play in week nine, he's hopeful McCaffrey will play in week ten. Which basically tells you nothing. 
Yeah, I, I mean, that literally means nothing. I hate when there's nothing. news like this. <laughs> we hope to have him back. Shocking. You hope to have one of the best players in the league back. Shit is so annoying. Um, Von Miller. I know this isn't really on the fantasy radar, but hot damn. Von Miller traded from the Broncos for a second and a third round pick. Um, hot damn. The, the Rams are trying to, to win it all this year. Yeah. That's for damn sure. And Von Miller helps that cause tremendously. He is still one of the best defensive end slash linebacker pass rushers in the league. Well, you got to love it if you're a Rams fan. Obviously going for it all, and I think they have the team that can win it all. So to get someone like Von Miller to add to the defense is certainly not a bad thing. Will Fuller uh, will not return to practice this week. Um, not excited to start Will Fuller in a bad offense with a, you know, with a quarterback that is limited. He's been playing better, but still limited. Um, you know, don't I don't want any part of the Dolphins' offense, really. I mean, Devontae Parker, Waddle, Gasicki have all had solid Besides games Gesicki. over the past several weeks. Besides Gasicki. Yeah. I mean, you, you wouldn't trust Fuller off the injury either, and he's yet to show any type of rapport with Tua because they haven't played together, so it's it's rough. If you're holding him on the bench, you could likely cut him. If you're holding him in the IR spot, then you might as well hold on to him, but it's been a frustrating season. Uh, Jets head coach Robert Sala said Corey Davis has a chance to suit up on Thursday uh, against the Colts. Uh, pretty pretty good news. Uh, the Jets offense looked pretty spectacular last week, except for the fact that they made a lot of mistakes that a Corey Davis wouldn't really make. Their three turnovers were all receiver turnovers, and uh, Jamison Crowder dropped the ball, and it went off you know, Michael Carter's face and off Keelan Cole's hands and... Uh, you know, Corey Davis is a welcome addition to the lineup. Yeah, and the GOAT Mike White will be making his second start. I was at that game this weekend. A completely different outcome than I expected. It was ridiculously fun. The crowd was going absolutely crazy. At the end, the whole crowd was chanting, Mike White, Mike White. It must be mad cool if you're Mike White to hear that happening. On the podium, he was like, he was sitting there and he, and he heard it. He was like, get the fuck out of here. Are they chanting my name right now? <laughs> like he couldn't even believe it. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun. That's one of the... As Jet fans, we don't get that. We yeah. don't get the guy like that comes out of nowhere and throws for 405 <laughs> yards. Like He doesn't play for the Jets ever, so it was nice that he plays for the Jets. Yeah, we were... Like, I was just watching the game. Like, I don't understand what's happening right now, but I'm enjoying it. <laughs> you picked the right game to go to, I'll tell you that. Yeah, definitely going to be the best Jets game of the year. I'll put money on that. <laughs> Bill's coach, Sean McDermott, says Dawson Knox is day-to-day. Good news for him. Yeah, Um He's been a top five tight end this season when healthy, so he'd be welcomed back with open arms. The backup quarterback really shined this week. This is the week of the backup quarterback. Um, Dak Prescott was one of those guys who missed the game, but Mike McCarthy said he's going to be a full go in Thursday's practice. Welcome back, Dak, then. Um, Kyle Shanahan said that Debo Samuel emerged from the game, as they say on uh, Roto World here, emerged from the Week 8 win over the Bears with a calf injury. Uh-oh. This, eh, is a guy who's, this is a guy who's been injured before. Then The calf is not exactly steady. Well, we'll see. I'm not too concerned about it. Underrated piece of news here. Jeff Wilson will resume practicing this week. The 49ers will open Wilson's 21-day window to bring him back from IR. It's unclear... If that will be week nine against the Cardinals, but his return is nearing with Elijah Mitchell nursing a new injury, rib injury. The 49ers are getting close to 100%. Let's see. Let's see about Wilson in this backfield. It's something that you have to 
keep an eye out for. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm honestly not concerned about Jeff Wilson at this point. Elijah Mitchell has three 100-yard games in his first five appearances. It's absolutely absurd. He's been tremendous. I do not care at all about Jeff Wilson Jr. at this point. I think there's, uh, you know, a situation. There's a there's a world where Jeff Wilson's the goal linebacker. He's had a lot of success there in the past. No, I think it's Elijah Mitchell. All right, Michael is all aboard the Mitchell. He's got his his eggs in the Mitchell basket. That's true. Michael, you ready? You ready? It's time. Let's get into our first segment. Um, the stuff we saw coming. The stuff we were like, hey, told you, man. We saw that coming. I saw that coming from a mile away. Michael, who's your first saw that coming? My first saw that coming, Tim, is a guy that we, uh, you just touched on and that I had as a buy high last week in an interesting spot because he had a great game. Usually, a, I mean, a buy low, excuse me, a stock rising. There you go. You nailed it, Michael. Jeez Louise. And that was Debo Samuel because I said he ensured to his fantasy players, his fantasy managers, that he was a wide receiver one locked and loaded. And then in this game against Chicago, which people expected to be a defensive type battle, he ended up just doing Debo things. Nine targets, six receptions, 171 yards, almost housed a screen for like 80 plus yards, ended up stepping out at the one yard line. The dude is an absolute star. Um, I ranked him as like my a top seven wide receiver this week, just doing Debo Samuel things. Michael, I'm going to take this opportunity to dunk on your face Michael Jordan style. Why is this? My saw that coming is Michael Pittman <laughs> for the second week in a row, and every single week that Michael Pittman is a wide receiver one in a row, which is probably going to continue next week, he's going to be in this segment. Because I told Michael, Michael didn't want to believe it. He's like, no, Michael Pittman. Blah, 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 blah. Told you. 10 receptions for 86 yards and two touchdowns. Got to listen every once in a while, man. He, he played great. But again, I said he was a sell high. I didn't say he's a scrub. You said he's nothing better but a wide receiver. Well, nothing better than a I wide receiver. I thought he'd be a three. wide receiver three rest of the season, yeah. But I also know when to start him, and I had him as my wide receiver 25 this week. All right? Too low. And I wanted the Jets to get him last year so bad. That would have been so much better than Denzel Mims. Jeez Louise. Yeah, that's, that would have been a lot better. Denzel Mims, he dropped a touchdown right in his Bro, chest. I just saw that happen. I was just put my hands up. Everyone just looked at each other like, was that a bad throw? Or did nah. we really just see him just completely drop that ball? Yeah. And you know what? The, even, the, even the announcers, the announcers, it was so funny because you, you didn't hear the game at all, right, Michael? Like you haven't heard the announcers or anything? No, I mean, I was at the game. The so. announcer was like, ah. Just like that. <laughs> He's like, right off his... Yeah. Right yeah, off Mike his, White could have had right an even bigger shoulder. game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think he uh, threw for a touchdown later in that drive, if I'm not mistaken. I might be mistaken. No, he um, didn't. They kicked but, the field goal on that drive. But yeah, uh, Michael Pittman, on the other hand, was my buy low uh, a, a few weeks ago, and that one's paying off. So Michael Pittman, saw that coming. Michael, who's your second saw that coming? My second saw that coming is... Interestingly enough, another guy we touched on, and that's Elijah Mitchell, who now has 300-yard performances in his first five career starts. Where are all the people now who are saying it was a bad idea to spend their fab on Elijah Mitchell? I, I welcome you to uh, reconsider. Just had a tremendous game, 18 rushes, 137 yards, and a rushing touchdown against the Chicago Bears defense. That has not been bad 
this year against opposing running backs. 84 yards was the max for an opposing running back before this game, and then 137 for Elijah Mitchell. Um, locked and loaded RB2 going forward. He's the clear um, clear lead back in that San Francisco offense. Uh, it, it's, you know, Jeff Wilson does scare me a bit, but it is, uh, it's good to know if you spent that, that fab on Elijah Mitchell, that your fab did not go to waste in any way. Um, my told you so is the combination of Ryan Tannehill and AJ Brown. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I remember distinctly me and you talking, we were just like, yo, be patient with AJ Brown. It's coming. Like it's coming. Just be patient. And here at the last three games, A.J. Brown has been an absolute animal. Yep. Um, and in the preview show, I told you guys, like, this this Colts team is very good at stopping the run, and they're not very good at stopping the pass. And this is a Ryan Tannehill game, and that's exactly what it was. Three touchdowns, 265 yards for Ryan Tannehill. And Derrick Henry kind of had a shitty game. Now we know he broke his foot. But even before then, he wasn't doing great. Uh, it sucks. Oh, man, I, I'm still depressed about Derrick Henry getting hurt. I don't have any Derrick Henry shares. Across my leagues, I'm still depressed about it. Derek Henry was a guy I wasn't actively really drafting either, but um, very depressing. Just from a straight up pure NFL fun yeah standpoint. Like, I, and I know we mention this all the time, but if you're a new listener, if you ever want to just make your mouth hang open, go check out Derek Henry's high school stats. Just do yourself a favor and go do that. And uh, and search up like a a little mini documentary about Derrick Henry in high school. It's, yeah, on the on the matter of AJ Brown, dude's a monster again. Top five wide receiver absolutely. going forward if he stays healthy with Derrick Henry out. I have a a fourteen team uh, fantasy sports gaming association experts league that I'm a part of. About to be seven and one. I just put up a hundred eighty points this week. AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, Josh Allen, Pat Fryermuth. Since Waller's on by, had a big game. Nice. It's been glorious. And that was with Tyler Lockett on my bench, who Oof. put up like 25 to his PPR. You can never <laughs> understand what the hell that guy's going to do. Um, all right, Michael, that is the – saw that coming. Let's go into the other stuff, the stuff stuff that we did not see coming at all. The surprise, surprise. Surprise, motherfucker. Michael, who's your first surprise, surprise? We keep just talking about players right before I discuss them. Tyler Lockett. <laughs> Look, like, this guy has been absolutely atrocious over the last several weeks. He has not, he did not top 8.2 half PPR fantasy points since week two. I know Jacksonville is a tremendous matchup, but it was still Geno Smith. It was still a guy who's been super inconsistent and hasn't even really been seeing that many targets with Geno Smith, only 10 um, combined in week six and seven. So, of course, he comes out and goes 13 targets. 12 receptions and 142 yards. A ginormous game, even without scoring a touchdown. Russell Wilson got his pins taken out. He put up a picture. There's a bye week. Chansey comes back week 10, and Tyler Lockett becomes a very much more interesting fantasy asset again. But this was surprising to me because it seemed at this point Tyler Lockett was just like a wide receiver three at best with a lot of risk, and then he completely balled out against Jacksonville. Completely balled out is a is an understatement. Um, uh, speaking of another understatement, Emmanuel Sanders. What the what? Man. Zero. No points. Shocking. He's been a reliable wide receiver too the entire season. Instead, Cole Beasley, which I told you, the when, bees knees. When when the bees knees, 
has no has no. I was gonna say Tyler Croft has no Dawson Knox. This guy is a different animal. Ten receptions, one hundred and ten yards. Stephon Diggs got the touchdown, five for forty. Emmanuel Sanders zilch. Gabriel Davis four for twenty nine and a touchdown. It was a weird game overall for the Bills in general. I will say that it was just a a very weird game. Yeah, they were. Josh Allen seemed like he was going to be a bust this week, and then. <laughs> Ends up as the number one scorer with 29 fantasy points. I shouldn't say this out loud, but I'm going to have to because i got to tell the people. I We have a person in our league who has two quarterbacks for whatever reason. I don't know, People who roster two quarterbacks that have a star quarterback, I don't get it. Um, but Josh Allen, he has Josh Allen and Matt Stafford. And I've been trying to trade for Matt Stafford because I need a quarterback in that league. And he won't give him to me. And he's like, oh, look, I'm a genius. I started Stafford over Josh Allen this week. And then he ran for that touchdown. And I was like, hey, genius. Maybe maybe it was a bad idea to to sit the league's best quarterback fantasy wise against the league's worst defense. Yeah, that's a very stupid, really bad stupid idea. idea. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, dude, like this guy probably killed teams this week. This is a guy that you're banking on, and he's. I mean, are you nervous? Is this just one of those games? It, Gabriel Davis getting four catches is that something that makes you concerned? Emmanuel Sanders is. An old guy. Uh, not really. Gabriel Davis is not someone I'm concerned about in the least. Probably just a bad game for Sanders. There's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. He wasn't going to be tremendous every week. I agree. Um, Michael, who's your second surprise surprise? My second surprise surprise? I went deep on this one. I know we haven't discussed this guy yet because I don't think anyone in the world has discussed this guy. I don't think he... He might not even be rostered in a single redraft fantasy team, if I'm being completely honest. But I want to shout him out. Because he did put up 10.3 half PPR fantasy points. Jeff Swaim. I guarantee you nobody has any idea that he even played this past week. But for the Tennessee <laughs> Titans, Jeff Swaim on five targets, went four receptions, 23 yards, and a touchdown. Will likely end as a top 12 tight end this week. Shout out Jeff Swaim. To, <laughs> to, be, um, to be clear, though, we did mention Jeff Swaim in the preview show. We just mentioned, but we, it's not like we said play Jeff Swaim. What we mentioned was, um, what we mentioned was, you can't play Anthony Ferkser because Jeff Swaim gets the most gets the most burn. Yeah, but nobody's starting Jeff Swaim. No one's starting Jeff Swaim. But you know what? Ten points. Do you know tight end was so ugly this week that T.J. Hawkinson was the tight end one without ten, a touchdown. Ten catches for eighty nine yards. Tight end, that was the tight end one. Yuck. And Travis Kelsey certainly isn't. Rivaling that right now, he's he's been uh, pissing me off. That's what he's doing. <laughs> um, then the next one, oh man, this is one I, we already talked about it, but I want to talk about it again. Mike White, baby, the goat, thirty-seven for forty-five passing, thirty-seven for forty-five in his first game. Josh Johnson, by the way, also looked good <laughs> while he was in there. Just put that the two out there. interceptions that White threw, both weren't his fault. No, both weren't his fault, both on the receiver. Everyone's talking about the second one was definitely on the receiver. The first one was too. But he did things that we haven't seen Jets quarterback do in a very long time, and he made a lot of fantasy viable wide receivers and running backs, particularly running backs. Michael Carter, nine receptions for 95 yards, uh, 15 carries for 77 yards and a touchdown. Michael Carter went absolutely eight. Ty Johnson had a huge game. Five receptions for 71 yards and a touchdown for Ty Johnson and four and four rushes. Tremendous for play yards. by Ty Johnson. Yeah, that end. corner of the end zone is where I was sitting. Nice. So I like saw it like up close happening. I was like, oh, he didn't step out, 
And then they did the replay review and he didn't step out. Beautiful. Like, Let's go. Michael, not only was this amazing, uh, Mike White scored the second most points ever, ever for a quarterback debut. Cam Newton is the only person to ever score more fantasy points in their debut than Mike White. Cam Newton's also the only quarterback ever to throw for 400 or more yards in their first start. Yes, so good. So it makes sense that these two things pair together. Pretty great. Mike White is a former a 2018 fifth round draft pick from the Dallas Cowboys. Eastern Kentucky he played at. Uh, and people have been unearthing his old tweets, and they're spectacular. <laughs> they're spectacular. He uh he one day said Tom like Brady, I just want to beat rich white kids or something. I shit. hate losing to arrogant rich arrogant white kids. Arrogant rich white kids. Yeah. <laughs> so someone quote tweeted that and said, Zach Wilson, watch out. That was funny. That was funny. Um and then uh one of them said, Tom Brady, look out, I'm coming for you. I'm I'm be, be the goat or something like that. It's good shit. It's well, good I, shit. I tweeted Confident the confident um, young man. I tweeted a picture, the the office picture. <laughs> the the two pictures that are the same of Tom Brady and Mike White said find the difference it's the same picture it is the 20th anniversary of a quarterback getting injured on the side on on the sideline the Jets injured Drew Bledsoe and and got Tom Brady will it come full circle injured Zach Wilson for Mike White if Mike White but was it the Patriots who injured him it was the Patriots. It was the Bengals. What are you talking oh, about? Oh, Bengals. No, no, what are you talking oh, about? Who injured Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson. No, it wasn't the Patriots. Oh, actually, it was, it was the Patriots. Yeah. Look, I'd be, I'd be more excited Full about circle. Mike White if there wasn't so many uh, check down passes in that offense. <laughs> I'll tell you what, something that you're not going to really hear about probably. When, when Mike LaFleur was calling the plays with Zach Wilson, he was on the sideline. He was calling the plays from the booth. That's a big difference. I think I think that's something that you're going to see stay and something that might make a difference for this. Because, look, we'll Mike see. White was good, but I don't think he threw a, a pass, pass further than 20 yards in the entire game. No, he ended up in the, the second half. He was getting more comfortable. He almost hit Elijah Moore on a big one on like a 40-yard touchdown. Yeah. But he but either way, the vast majority were inside 20, 15 yards, and. You know, it was just a really good game plan. The Bengals were outcoached by the Jets, and that was the first time that the Jets. You have mean done the that. Jets were outcoached? No, oh, you mean the Bengals? I don't think. See, Michael, you were, you just you just yeah, right I just away. Can't believe. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's get into our next category: the stock rising segment. Players whose stock is on the rise. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John. The stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Listen up, John. I'm going to go first on this one, John. I'm going to go first on this one. Go ahead. Because we already talked about him a little bit. And my stock rising is Michael Carter. On the preview shows for the last couple weeks, I've been telling you about Michael Carter. I've been telling you, hey, look, Michael Carter has been getting this steady work, this steady increase in, in opportunity. And then Mike White came in and completely accelerated that to the next level. Mike White, like you said, loves to throw to his, his running backs. And he threw and threw and threw to Michael Carter to the tune of nine receptions for 95 yards. Nine catches for 95 yards from a running back. And Michael Carter put his stamp all over that game. If you watch the game, Michael Carter was was he was dominant in that game. So it's it's good to see 
that kind of production when you get the opportunity like that, and that's why the opportunity came. The guy touched the ball. Now, he's been touching the ball, but in this game, he touched the ball 26 times. That is... He even lined up out wide a couple times for some of the receptions. That is uh, eye-popping usage. And when you, if you're the, the Jets, you got to see what your young guys got at this point, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Carter continues to see this role. It's not like he's the only back in the backfield. Ty Johnson has also been someone that I wouldn't roster two running backs in the Jets. I wouldn't go that far. But, you know, Ty Johnson. Back-to-back very nice PPR weeks. Yeah. So, like, someone to look out for as well. I, M- Michael Carter's on the rise. I, personally, in the in the the money league, we the the most important one, our home league. I've been I've been stashing Michael Carter since the very beginning. I've been watching the trends, and this was the week where I was like, I am putting him in the lineup. Let's go, and I'm very happy I did. Yeah, definitely a nice day for Michael Carter managers. Yep, for sure. Michael, who's your first stock rising? My first stock rising, Tim. I tried getting a little cute on this one. Turns out maybe a little too cute because there's been nothing to show for it thus far. <laughs> Kadarius Tony. <laughs> I wanted to uh, just make a guess that Tony would have like a uh, a nice first couple quarters, but for whatever reason, the Giants don't seem to be utilizing him at all. If it's because of injury, making him active is absolutely ridiculous. So seems very odd that they're not using him. Michael, that's a, that's a, that's terrible. Um, <laughs> someone, someone whose stock is rising. We could talk actually talk about who's having a good game. Who the hell is this Gore guy? Yeah, Derek Gore. If you want to, I'll replace, um, I'll replace Kadari Stoney with Derek Gore, who What's now happening? has like eight rushes, fifty rushing yards, and a touchdown, and is looking good. So glad I started Daryl Williams in multiple leagues. So glad. Very odd. I don't know. I don't know where this is coming from. Mike, I don't. He this was, makes the people who trusted Jarek McKinnon look that much stupider, though. <laughs> Derek Gore, first-year running back, enters the first-year running back. Originally entered the NFL draft as an undrafted free agent with the Chargers in 2019, but he's a first-year running back. How's that possible? Chiefs.com, you don't make any sense. What is this? Yeah, Michael, apparently Michael Strahan asked, is that Frank Gore on national television? I mean... Yeah, I I asked the same question to you off national television. It is true. <laughs> you see Gore and you're just like, hey, who who's this guy? He played for Louisiana Monroe and Alabama. Uel Monroe, baby, oh, and Alabama. So maybe maybe wait. There I goes I don't Tony. Know who he is no matter what. Um, yeah. So anyway, are we going to the next guy? Is that the plan? Yeah. This you're is up. really this is really shocking. What's going on with with Derek Gore? This is it's very strange. All right. My stock rising, my second stock rising. Michael, you're not going to want to hear this. Close your ears. It's <laughs> Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Oh, my goodness. 10 carries for 103 yards and a touchdown to go on, on top of 175 yards and a touchdown on the air. Wow, 175 yards passing. Woo. This does not mean that he's the best quarterback ever. I'm never, I never said anything about him being like a Super Bowl winning quarterback or anything like that. The man can run. The man is one of the most athletic players, and you saw it happen. You saw him use his athleticism. 10 for 103 and a touchdown. Yo, it's it, even if it's Jalen Hurts, you know, you see what, what that does for Jalen Hurts. And this is why I like Fields going into the season. And I don't think this is a coincidence that this happened while Matt Nagy was on the COVID IR 
and not at the game, and Bill Lazor was the head coach. I don't think this is a coincidence that all of a sudden, oh, they're running RPOs. Oh, they're getting him outside the pocket. Oh, they're using his actually using his legs. Yeah. It's not a coincidence that that happened. So maybe this maybe this changes like, something. Damn. <laughs> Matt Nagy is is I'm positive like he he is has delusions. Matt Nagy where he wants to take credit for everything even when it's delusions of grunge. Literally in spite of him. Yeah, he is he's delusional. There's no way that he's taking anything from this. None. But Justin Fields, if they use him, if they use him correctly like they did in this game, he has the opportunity to do what he did in this game. And that is give you a lot of fantasy points. So Justin Fields is my stock rising. Yeah. Sure. Stupider than my Kadarius Tony call. No, it's not. <laughs> You're right. It's probably not. And Devontae Booker just had a like 40-yard reception. Oh, wow. Defensive penalty. So it's not wiped out. Roughing the passer. The Giants driving. They might go into half with a tie game. The The Giants and Chiefs might have the same record if the Giants pull this off. <laughs> that would be something. Uh, my second stock rising, Tim, is a guy we talked about earlier. There's a lot of that going on today. And that's Melvin Gordon. A little bit trying to get cute here too switched it up a little bit with the stock rising section this week because i don't think his stock is necessarily up but melvin gordon still showed that he's gonna get at least half the touches in that backfield he's gonna put in work he's gonna be the red zone guy and he's just gonna continue being melvin gordon while everyone clamors for javante williams to take over and after the bye week glorious schedule for Melvin Gordon and company. Um, even after starting now, it's a very light schedule going forward for the Broncos. Melvin Gordon should continue to be a low end RB two flex option, and it's just shout out to Melvin Gordon, who people just don't want to be a thing because there's a rookie behind him, but continues to be a thing because he's a good football player. Man, I really hope he gets traded to the to the Titans. Like really, really bad. That would be cool. That would be <clears throat> that would be interesting. That would change the the landscape of fantasy. Uh, my second guy is my third guy is Chris Godwin. Uh, Chris Godwin in the last two games without Antonio Brown has been an absolute killer, and he was a killer again in this game. Uh, he's he is the number one target for Tom Brady when Antonio Brown is not in. Eight catches for 140 yards and a touchdown. the The snap counts get flipped on their head without Antonio Brown. Mike Godwin goes into that Antonio Brown role. But when Antonio Brown's on the field, I think that he's Tom Brady's favorite target. So as long as Antonio Brown is out, Chris Godwin becomes the favorite target of the number one fantasy quarterback in the league. Cha-ching. And yeah. Chris we met, Godwin has been money for two weeks now with Antonio Brown out. We mentioned, too, that, that he had the most red zone uh, targets in the league two weeks ago, and he had yet to score a touchdown. Now two weeks with a touchdown without Antonio Brown. So that's another addition to that. Not only is he getting the targets and the snaps, but he's getting the touchdowns. Uh, so things are looking up if you're a manager of Chris Godwin. Michael, who's your last stock up? Uh, my last stock rising is the Bees Knees. Cole Beasley, who now is back-to-back games. After a couple games where people are like, uh-oh, what's going on with Cole Beasley? And, you know, Cole Beasley is the poster child for being dropped too early. He's dropped and picked up in fantasy leagues multiple times throughout the year and then always ends as a top 30 wide receiver at the end of the year. 
not someone you should just drop onto waivers. And he's taken advantage of his two great matchups over the past two weeks with the buy sandwiched in between. 18.3 half PPR points and then 17 half PPR points. This is a guy that Josh Allen just likes to throw to, and he took over in Miami as the lead guy. Like, he had the best game. Even Stephon Diggs, who scored a touchdown, had less points than uh, than Cole Beasley did in, in PPR league. So Cole Beasley just continues to be a, a very nice target for Josh Allen and just use him while he continues to ball out. Locked and loaded PPR wide receiver three. <laughs> Um, Michael, let's get into our next segment, the last segment, the stock down. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Oh, boy. Michael, who's your first stock down? My first stock down... I mean, I think this is just like a universal stock down across the entire nation right now because Kenneth Gainwell, man. Oof. That was Boston Scott's backfield, it seems, who absolutely dominated through the first couple quarters. Kenneth Gainwell ended with 13 carries and 27 rushing yards, but that was all during the blowout. Like, they're in the fourth quarter when they were up by 40 points. I mean, they won 44-6. to six. They absolutely dominated Detroit the entire way. That was with Boston Scott who actually got all the work when it mattered, with 12 rushes, 60 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. And then Jordan Howard, the one and only, the one and only, 12 rushes, 57 yards, and two touchdowns. I don't It was weird. Like, Miles Sanders was healthy, and they decided they were never going to run. Miles Sanders gets hurt, and they decide, we're not even going to give it to the guy who we were giving snaps to instead of Miles Sanders and yeah. Kenneth Gainwell. Let's just give it to Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, and see what happens. Completely, and they scored 44 points. <laughs> completely different game plan. Yeah. And Jalen Hurts' worst performance of the fantasy season and probably one of his best games overall because he wasn't really asked to do much. And when the running backs score four rushing touchdowns, obviously the quarterback isn't going to have a great fantasy day. Very strange. Very, very strange. Um, another strange thing... Antonio Gibson. Um, today I was introduced to this NFL doctor. Now, I don't really like NFL doctors on, on social media. But this guy seems like he's uh, legit. And one of his posts were about Antonio Gibson. And we mentioned Antonio Gibson's fracture of his shin. And how he can't really play on it. But he's going to try with a bunch of pain meds. And it has not been working. Antonio Gibson is not playing well. And when you see that he gets eight carries and Jarrett Patterson gets 11 and J.D. McKissick gets eight receptions for 83 yards and you only get three for 20, Mayday alert, call in the guard, Antonio Gibson is, this This might be a death of a fantasy possible fantasy star we might see a, a a supernova exploding in front of our eyes it's probably good for fantasy managers that the washington football team has a bye week because one he gets the rest up and two you're not forced to start him next week yeah michael michael i just want to flex for one second because last week i, I said my team needs a facelift in in our league and i made three trades in those combined three trades 
I gave away Antonio Gibson, Kyler Murray, Ramondre Stevenson, and Naheem Hines. And in exchange, I received Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, Nick Chubb, and Dearness Johnson. Sitting here right now, that might have been the, the best trades of all time. Of all time. All time. <laughs> um, with that being said, Michael, are we on yours? Yeah. Michael, who's your second Yeah, stock my second form? stock down. Let's make this short and sweet. Allen Robinson can be cut. The guy is absolutely useless at this point. Legitimately useless. Even when the Bears actually have a semi-decent offensive performance, the dude was absolutely useless. Michael, it's I'm I'm glad to hear you say that because three catches for 21 yards. He doesn't have a single double-digit fantasy performance this year. Cut bait. It's over. I am officially, I'm officially in the process where right now I need a tight end next week, and I can't drop anyone else on my roster. Just do it. What are you going to do with him? Are you going to start him? I'm here. No. You're going to start him. He's going to get four and a half points. You're going to be like, oh, shit, I didn't expect that. (laughs) You're right. I think it's time for – I think this year – this is the week that Allen Robinson hits the waiver wire. Oh, man. It's – this guy who's who's my second stock falling is not cuttable, but he has a better player in front of him, and Michael put him in a stock rising, and that's Melvin Gordon. And my guy is Javante Williams. Um, oh wow! Look at that. Look, Javante Williams. I I keep expecting him to be to at least, if not usurp the starting role, at least usurp the production from Melvin Gordon. I, I keep expecting to see Melvin Gordon wanting like taking a step back and Javante taking this step forward, and it just never happens. It never happens. And I should have just listened to my own gut. Because in the offseason, I was making fun of people who were drafting Javante Williams over Melvin Gordon. And then I found myself doing, where I do have them, I have them both. And last week, I started Javante Williams over Melvin Gordon in a few leagues. And I regretted it. Yeah, it's stupid. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. It's uh, it's something that I'm not going to be able to do for a long time, I feel like. So, stock down for Javante Williams. Michael? Yeah, I'll end it off here. Tim, with my final, we'll end off my half of it. My final stock down. DJ Moore, Sam Darnold, PJ Walker. Doesn't matter who is quarterbacking for the Panthers at this point. The shine of Sam Darnold for the first three weeks when Carolina started three and zero. You remember those times? I remember them well. I felt like I was uh, victory lapping there for a second. Yep, that has completely, completely transformed since then into just utter trash. And DJ Moore, after starting the season with twelve point four. These are all half PPR, 17.9, 17.5, and 28.9 against Dallas, where everyone proclaimed him as a every week top 10 wide receiver. He has now gone 6.3, 8.4, 10.3, 7.9, and all the targets and are still there for him, just that Sam Darnold sucks. <laughs> and there's no cure for bad quarterback play in the NFL. That's why great quarterbacks are... Pay so much. Let's go to the other side because connected in this wishy-washy way, Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback that held back DJ Moore last year. Teddy Bridgewater is currently the quarterback holding back Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton was having phenomenal games, but then Jerry Judy came back. Then Albert O came back. And now you're talking about an offense that – you had 
Tim Patrick, Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, Albert O, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, and Noah Fant. All catching passes. All catching no less than two passes. All catching no more than four passes. That is not an offense I want any part of with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. And it's unfortunate because Corlin Sutton was doing phenomenal. I hope this isn't I hope this is just a stock down and it could rebound. It could have a nice little uh, rebound day. But I gotta say, this is uh disappointing for all of the Broncos because this is not a pie that could be split and still be have enough calories for everyone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I, I'd I'd be buying Sutton cheap if people are really that scared off by it. It was a weird game script. Teddy Bridgewater hardly threw. They were leading the entire time and just almost the entire time just running OD. Like Teddy Bridgewater didn't I mean, even throw he, for high yardage. He threw it twenty six times. Yeah, twenty six times is terrible. What do you mean? That's I mean it's it's that's run game script type passing sure. twenty six times. And it's not like he was throwing downfield much. I mean they just didn't have the ball. They only ran the ball twenty one times. I mean, yeah, like I said, it was a weird a weird game. For that offense. It was kind of like the Bengals. Like, I was at that game. Sometimes you see box scores, and you're like, how is this possible? Like, the Jets and Bengals game, that first half, the Bengals did absolutely nothing, basically, because of the the Jets driving downfield, and then turnovers by the Jets inside the Bengals' territory, where the Bengals only had to go, like, 10 yards, and then the Jets get the ball, go downfield, take a lot of time. The first half of that game, people were probably like, what is happening with the Bengals? And it wasn't the Bengals' fault. It was just that's how the game script is going. And sometimes those weird game scripts happen, and that happened with Denver this past weekend as well. I think people are uh, going a little too hard over that this game. We'll see. I hope I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Michael, that's it. We done. Th- th- that's all, folks. Another Monday episode in the crooks. Where could they find you, Michael? <laughs> at BrotoFFMike. You can find me at BrotoFFTim. You can find Jason at BrotoFFJason. You can find Casanova at BrotoFFCasanova. You see what we did there? Branding, baby. At BrotoFantasy is the handle on Instagram, Twitter, and on TikTok. Johnny, our brother, is putting out his new Bulls and Bears segment on TikTok. That's right. Uh, Brother Johnny is what we're calling him. So uh, check that out. And, yeah, with with that, we bid you adieu. Uh, BrotoFantasy.com, don't forget the hub of all things patreon.com slash broto fantasy and the fantasy football by broto app we got our we got our uh no look at these next guys they know exactly where the camera's going they know exactly where the camera's going see ya later